0: Welcome to the nerd party
1: It can travel anywhere in time and space
0: right this is gonna be fun up we go into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn.
2: And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. Now, darling, we recently took a little trip to my hometown.
0: We did, yes.
2: For the, I believe, fourth annual at this moment?
0: I wanna say third. I feel like this is just the third time okay, we've done but it. But
2: the Fateful Comic Con. We've seen it grow and, and go from there and so what what did you think and what did you get to do?
0: Well, one of the things we got to do, which was very exciting, was to sit in and watch a little bit of the speed dating, which was uh very interesting. Still a small group at this point. Perhaps it will grow. uh, And there was a good ratio. There did did appear to be a decent ratio. Yeah, I don't know if they timed that out well. But, uh, yeah, it's always interesting to see people speed dating in cosplay.
2: Right. And as far as...
0: You do wonder how in character they stay for the speed
2: dating. (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting that Comic-Con, and maybe all of them, but that one especially, seems a certain demographic. It's like... Late teen, early twenties, so
0: it is which inst- is good. Yeah, no, You're it's absolutely yeah. It's, definitely, feel it, like the old it does boy feel in the group. very youngish. Of course, when we went to Greensboro's as well, that mm-hmm. that seemed to to skew teenagers and and things like that. Which, as you say, is is great. Raising up the the baby geeks <laughs> um, is always a positive thing. So, yeah, so and I, finding
2: your community and always fun. It. And it's good because I mean, you know, not to just be old men on the hill, but. You know, obviously Get with social, off my lawn. yeah with social media obviously a lot of people are finding their communities online, but the you know in IRL um, mm. you know but finding actually making but in finding the connections I mean that's that's kind of like in real life so they can go from there
0: absolutely absolutely, and I think it's the one of the dangers of social media uh, with the young people. Um, other than the fact that they're all on our lawn and we have to tell them to get off it, um, is that it becomes this isolating, what's supposed to be a community becomes isolating because there's so much community online and you don't necessarily get out and meet real people. So this is a good opportunity. Hooray! Yeah, and that's
2: your old people moment from us. Yes. Um, (laughs) Now, as far as Doctor Who stuff, you did have your sort of new Who shirt from... Yes. 9 to 13. Yes. And
0: got several compliments (laughs) on it. So that was exciting.
2: And we did see our uh, steampunk TARDIS and Dalek that we took pictures in front of. Absolutely. They didn't actually have a TARDIS year, which I thought was the first time. Yeah. I was expecting to see
0: it at the entryway, but they did have the steampunk TARDIS again. So, hooray.
2: Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, we'd be interested. I know, um, you know, in my other fandom, Star Trek, Destination, (laughs) whatever it's called, Destination Star Trek, yes, over in... uh, the uh uk was the same weekend oh
0: yeah of course Up so, inter- in birmingham
2: yep so it's nice to see everyone's pictures and everything <clears throat> so yeah we'd be interested to know everyone's con experiences during this season so feel free to tweet at us and with your pictures cosplay ideas and all that stuff your cosplay is still being made and so yes
0: my mother is working on a dalek costume and she is struggling with the bumps trying to figure out the best material, the best way to secure them. One of the things, you know, when I picture it in my head, I think about the bumps on the front of my dress because those are the ones that I'll see. She's concerned, you know, that if it's anything...
2: Substantive.
0: Substantive, that I'm going to end up sitting on it. That's which true. is a fair point. Yeah, yeah so uh, if anybody has any suggestions or uh, tips, let us know.
2: Cool. Yeah, I've actually, and I've been thinking my problem with cosplay is... You know, I don't look like anyone, necessarily. I think the guy from Half-Life is about when I have hair. That's about usually what I go with. But I finally thought of a Doctor Who character. Okay. I have to get a straw hat.
0: You're going to be Van Gogh. I feel like I could pull it off. Or ba- Van Gogh, yes, if you, you are uh, So anyway, British. so i have yeah. to
2: invest in that maybe for Galley. Yeah, I can, I can get
0: behind that. Cool. Aww, I'll cry through the whole thing.
2: Exactly. Speaking of which, we are here to talk about the third episode Uh, Rosa, which premiered, of course, October 21st, 2018. Darling, do you want to read our synopsis before we bring in our wonderful guest?
0: Yes, please. Attempting to return home to Sheffield, the TARDIS instead drops the 13th Doctor and Friends in 1955 Alabama, where somebody is planning on meddling with time. Meeting seamstress Rosa Parks, the doctor and her friends must work together to correct the flow of time and keep events in order before things go horribly wrong.
2: And here to talk about this is KC. KC, welcome to Time and Space.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Sure, so do you want to kind of introduce your Doctor Who fandom and history before we get into the yeah. thick of it?
3: Well, uh, I, my first doctor was David Tennant back in ye old 2007. <laughs> seven,
2: seven, seven,
3: seven. Um, it I was, like, coming up in my final years of college, I'd just gone through a breakup, and I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to do what no one has ever wanted me to do, and I'm going to get into sci-fi, gosh darn it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my first uh, foray into it was... Doctor Who, I think my first episode was Gridlock, which was the 10th Doctor oh, yeah, and Martha. Martha episode. Um, you know. and New New York. And, um, <laughs> and I just got hooked. I remembered watching David Tennant's last episodes live, and, um, Sue mm-hmm. Kissenweather, who was a guest a couple of episodes ago, uh, we co-hosted, mm-hmm. we co-hosted a show called Anomaly Supplemental, And she had told me she'd never seen Doctor Who. And I was like, you know what? Let's have an episode where you watch Blink for the first time.
2: (laughs) Oh! And
3: a great starter.
2: (laughs) Which barely has the Doctor.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And because it was uh, lauded as one of the best episodes to start a newbie to. So Mm -hmm. since then, uh, she has uh, gotten like more into it and she was obviously on your podcast a couple of episodes ago and she has great like deep thoughts and we also bonded over how much we had opinions on Stephen Moffat's run. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So uh awesome. those may be in the archives on Anom- on the Anomaly podcast website, but we had a little mini series called Your Moment of Who where We did, like, reaction episodes to things like that. So if you want to hear me and Sue Bond, that's where you can (laughs) find our
2: opinions. (laughs) Well, we are all about opinions, especially about this episode. Before we start, and I did not tell you about this, Jessica, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to provide just a quick layout here. So I am, of course, from the American South. Um, When I was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina in 1980, there was a billboard just outside of town. For the Klan, Ku Klux Klan. It was not there, didn't put up in 1980, but sure it wasn't put down by Mm -hmm. 1980. I went to the same school as my mom. Um, The yearbook photos from her yearbook and my yearbook photo will attest that the desks are the same, as well as to the (laughs) teachers. Um, But of course, people that were in my class may not have been able to say that. Because of course, my mom lived in segregation, you know, this isn't ancient history. This is this is my mom. I'm 38. She's in her mid-60s. She can remember the first time there was, you know, her all-white school got integrated. So everything that happened in this episode was very, I think, interesting, especially from a white, I mean, I think or Southern, or all that aspects that, you know, this is not ancient history. This is nothing that got finished in a generation, you know, mm. her between me, you know, everything's all. And so... All the things going on in this episode, I thought, you know, there's there's a lot to talk about. I don't think this is going to be a a regular episode review, so um, you know, if, if you're here to, t- to listen about, you know, what color we thought the TARDIS was and who wore the best costume, you <laughs> might want to skip this episode. We will, we will talk about that, but it's probably going to go a little crazy off the rails here. So, but I just wanted to start with that because, I mean, the more I, I was thinking about this episode, I think there's obviously a lot going on, and so... You know, and uh, now we live in near your hometown, Jessica. Mm-hmm. And when we drive to a city, the one we like to go to, we pass by a huge field. It's not, not a cornfield, not a rice field. It's just a just field. a
0: regular old pasture. And
2: smack dab in the middle of that, high as to the heaven, is a flagpole with a Confederate flag on
0: there. Giant Confederate flag. Yeah.
2: So that's where we live that's where we live and that's where we i've lived for most of my life yeah it's in the city south and the rural south so anyway so with all that said hey casey you're our guest what are your
3: thoughts
2: (laughs) what are your general thoughts about roasting we'll get into specific outline here i have over here but just what were your general thoughts about after watching well the
3: thing is is that you guys are talking about growing up in the south i grew up in texas and in fact Mm -hmm. i still live in texas
2: i hear the stars are (laughs) bright
3: uh that's just in the heart of just Just, in just, of just deep oh, okay. in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting for me because, you know, I always kind of grew up a liberal kid. I was always asking, like, why is it this way? Why are you conservative? What does this mean? What does that mean? And even in my own small town, which was, if you're a Gilmore Girls fan, it's very much like Stars Hollow. Oh. <laughs> there were only, like... Two or three African Americans at my school, two of them were twins. You know, those twins, Peter and Paul, were uh, like a couple of my dearest friends. So watching this episode, I just felt a lot. I felt like how recent this is. It never mm. occurred to me when I was a kid the it's it's hard to even find the words for it because when you're a kid, you're just completely oblivious to everything that's happened in history. And it's only when you grow up, when you go, oh, horrible people have done horrible things. And we're trying to write those, but at the same time, there are other people who are trying to keep it the way it was or even go back to those days. And it's really, it's an episode that was brilliant, but it made you feel uncomfortable in a way that makes you reevaluate you know, your values and your worldview. Yes, yeah, yeah, what
2: about you, Jessica? Well, just general thoughts before we get specific.
3: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, um, You've I thought, thought
2: it was, was twenty four hours
0: to mall <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was beautiful, I thought it was well done. I'm looking forward to getting into the nitty gritty and yeah, Casey, as you said, it's there were real moments that it hit in places I'm not sure I expected and and made it very real, and we are going to to I think get more into it. A little further in the the um, discussion, but the the moment that the man hits Ryan,
2: welcome to the world.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, just uh, I think it was just unbelievably stark, and there were just no pun intended, no punches pulled. And I think Mallory Blackman did such a phenomenal job with this.
2: Yeah. Now I wanted to start at the beginning, and again, you know. <laughs> For this, and I know Texas, you know, is it the South, is it the West? For for the Confederate's sake, we'll call you the South. So for this That's white uh, Southern, <laughs> this white Southern podcast, obviously we're going to have our point of views, um, and you know, which is probably not the most diverse group, but it is what it is. So, um but I tell you, you know, w- when I first heard that, you know, Rosa, or, you know, was going to be the story, Rosa Parks, I was like, okay, well, you know, a this is Britain's telling an American story, you know, just like any country telling another country's story, you're always like. What are they going to get wrong? You know, what What are, you know, and this, you know, I wasn't super scared. Of,
0: were you expecting it to be the pronunciation of Sinatra? Yeah. Was that what you were expecting them to get wrong?
2: Yeah. I wasn't, and yet they did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and so I was, and I didn't have like, and I'm sure some people were fearing about, you know, various other things. But I was, you know, as a history person, as someone who lives here, I was like, okay, is this going to be sort of the cartoon version of. Of Rosa Parks, at, you know the sweet old grandmother, and then that who was, was just tired, real tired. tired, and that yeah. was and that was you know, and because that's that the story is so much more complex, and so watching it, I had to wonder, and again, I look, like, I am not British, and just you know, just I'll lean on you here, and you are not either, but as far as like how much had to be taught, like I don't know what the average. Britain, you know, or or Doctor Who viewer knows about Rosa Parks, and then maybe depending on age, you know, maybe, you know, someone who's a little older than me knows a little bit more, and the kids know a little bit less, or maybe they all, you know, I don't know, I don't know. So I don't know how much this episode had to teach, and so, in my opinion, I don't fault them for not getting into a lot of details, which I think are a little more illuminating, because I don't know if they're coming from, like, a zero or a little knowledge base, Mm. and so they got a lot to do. So you can't be like, and she was the secretary of the NAACP and there'd been a bunch of test cases and they wanted to do this in a court case, you know, blah, blah, blah versus, you know, so, but I don't know, what what'd you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that they hit the right note of, they delved a lot deeper than the the folklore, mm-hmm. but at the same time didn't, I think if they had put a whole lot of the civil rights movement in there, you would have needed more episodes mm-hmm. to, to find the depth.
2: Yeah. Did you have any fears about this episode or worries, Casey? Or did you, you know, trust this this uh, new Chris fellow in his television writing?
3: Well, <laughs> I love Chris Chibnall in general. I loved Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. I've loved the episodes he's done for Doctor Who during the Moffat era. What I was... I'm always worried about American episodes in Doctor Who just because they kind of go for, in my experience, they've kind of gone for, like, the glitz and the glam of America. And then you also get those mm. poor British actors who can't do American accents, and it makes me so sad.
2: Apparently Southern's the easiest it one is. for them. Uh, it is. <laughs> there's
3: actually an interesting YouTube video about that, but I digress. Yeah, I was a little bit worried because m- the America Set episodes have never been my favorite, and... The civil rights movement is such a big topic to cover in a one hour episode that I was a little bit scared. Mm. So the fact that they were able to do what they did within that hour was pretty amazing. The yeah. like the writing for the most part was on point. The acting was definitely on point. And so is the direction. I just it's one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes in a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think you know, we, I, I wasn't not the only person to have this thought. I know it's probably on Twitter and everywhere else. Like, oh, okay, this is gonna be the quantum leap episode, or because mm-hmm. you, Jessica, you had asked me, and I can remember if it was on air or not last week. You know, had Doctor Who ever done a quote-unquote recent history episode, and not just like have they appeared in the recent history? You know, and say in the past forty years, but like historical figures. And you know, I, I off the top of my head, I said no, and I believe that's you know post World War II. You know. An, an historical figure you know and so i, I don't know so this
0: certainly first. not in the scope i mean yeah. obviously we see richard nixon and, and yeah we
2: talk yeah. people
0: like that yeah. but um this detailed where the historical figure is the story
2: yeah and, and the historical event and the yeah so let's get into the meat of this and this bullet is simply called racism and basically what i you know would uh, propose we just go through each character and what they saw of this world and what they do in their own world and so let's just talk with the obvious person and that's Ryan you talked about him literally getting introduced to this world so what would you think about Ryan's journey into yesteryear in another country and what it meant for what he already was carrying with him and
0: I I found it to be such a real moment um and I'm not 100% sure a combination I think of the acting and the directing and the writing they're just walking down the street and the woman drops her glove and he picks it up for her because he's that kind of guy and is 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 hit and the look on his face this just sort of stunned moment I mean we know this what we know that we have grown up hearing stories about boys like Emmett Till and it, it didn't feel real until that moment that moment of of ryan's face i i I, I don't know i'm not even sure i can explain it i just Mm. it's stunning it just stunned me right there
2: and i thought it was you know the, the this is doctor who has approached well i'll stick with new who for the moment has approached uh history for people of color in various ways um and and in you can maybe help me with the specifics but generally speaking um it, it would either be like a act you know whether it was martha or bill or whoever and it was like you know uh, the doctor would be like oh just you know pretend that you just walk around like you own the place that's all it were mm. or you know that's a you know just act like you're you belong and you belong b it was you know what history is a lot more diverse Than you think it is. You know it's been whitewashed. Guess what? There were people of color all the time, all the time, everywhere. So you'll blend in. This was the first time where it was like, you know what? It kind of sucks to be a person of color in the past sometimes. Um, and we, you know, don't talk about that often enough. And you know, Doctor Who and everything else, where you're gonna have to be in a different seat or live in a or can't go in the hotel room or can't, you know. And so in this this episode, we literally had to split the crew because you had to. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: we do have the moment with Bill mm-hmm. um when they're uh the thing under the sea the london the nice, the, the Thames is mm-hmm. um frozen yeah and and he's dreadful, and the doctor punches the guy right, and that's the end of it and but they're in a situation here where that's not viable for a million different reasons.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think about sort of Ryan's journey in uh, in this episode, Casey?
3: Uh, well, going back to uh, how New Who has treated uh, people of color, you very much have a point. But I also remember there one of my favorite two-parters is human nature, which is, again, in a Martha season. And she has to be a maid, and there are people commenting oh, on yes. her color. Oh, of course. And mm. it isn't until she's with the Jessica Stevenson character. Uh, the nurse Uh, and she's just like putting that nurse in her place. Like I know just as much medical knowledge as you watch me work. And um, (laughs) in this version of who it actually deals with, let me, let me phrase this correctly. New, this version of Dr. Who is dealing with hate in a more present manner in the way that, Mm. uh, you know, in the South, it, you know, we're taught this in history. You know, we had a whole war about it. And the fact that they got Ryan's anger so, so well, it was so well written and so well directed. And one of my favorite moments is actually him talking about his nan, Grace who has passed. And he said, the only reason why I don't punch anybody out of anger is because my nan told me not to.
2: And I I think this, as I thought about this, you know, here in America, certainly, and obviously, we can't say this from personal experience, but we know that um, people of color, and especially um, African Americans, have to have a talk with their young men about what to do
0: and how not to be angry, and 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 I agree with you, Casey. That again was a very visceral moment for me. the The recognition that African Americans during that time, in particular, must have been so angry all the time, and I can't imagine.
2: That was sort of what Yaz's yeah, question to Rosa: How do you go on every day? Mm. I think her answer was, you know, there's always tomorrow or something like that. But, yeah, you know, because it's it's all, you know, why do you stay here? Why do you, you know, um,
3: you know. Yeah, and, but, yeah. The, and the, but course. the thing go, go. that uh, I kind of got from especially Ryan's storyline is that, you know, I think one of the reasons that uh, Doctor Who has kind of played it, not safe, but has kind of distilled Ryan's uh, like, any mentions of racism within the show is because producers have it in mind that it was originally a kid's show and it was meant to be a family show. Yeah, it was treated as a kid show. Like, and even in the new era, they still kind of treat it as a kid show. So it just seems like Chris Chibnall is, like, he's kind of approaching it in the same way that Mr. Rogers and Jim Henson did, where it's just like, yes, you can talk to children like a and talk to them about serious issues like adults mm. and they'll get it they'll understand
2: especially because a lot of those children are living mm-hmm. with it <laughs> um and of course you know and Ryan you know because he can or because he's the only person who does you know goes to uh Rose's neighborhood um uh, and gets to interact with her um on with her with her uh, folks and and learn more from her that way and uh, gets to meet a couple people darling
0: yes yes but quite possibly my favorite moment uh, certainly as far as the uh actor playing ryan his performance there you know when he says you know excuse me dr king yes rosa parks and then sort of goes Whoa. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just beautiful timing
3: and oh he did just beautifully with that it's so Mm. fun to see your characters meet their heroes in a show like this Mm. yes especially in a time when you know a lot of your heroes you may not want (laughs) to (laughs) meet
0: yeah also yes
2: (laughs) i did like the way that and again without knowing a british audience so uh, Britons feel free to tweet at me or email me um using him as your teaching character so it's like oh rosa parks uh, she's the bus driver lady right you know and it's like no let us tell the story of history of rosa parks and he's like yeah well i know dr martin king you know, or you know and so that i thought that was sort of an interesting way to do it and of course i mean i guess we haven't stated it but in case we haven't made it plain of course this was uh co-written um by you know M- mallory, mallory blackman, blackman yeah. and uh you know person pers- pers- or Person of color directed by mm-hmm. person of color, mm-hmm. and so, um, so you know, I think that's also also the first, I believe, uh, written.
0: I think I think, and you're I right. probably, yeah.
2: um, as far as uh, African descent, I would uh, hazard to say the first director. Obviously, we've had other, um, but you know, the first director of Doctor Who was a person of color. But anyway, um, but anyway, so I think that also l- lends credence to the tale of perhaps you know, other times that Mm -hmm. we've done this. But anyway. Yes. So, um, and that's more to say on Ryan, but just for, we'll move on to next. And Casey, what'd you think of sort of Yaz's journey? As I put it in my outline, I'm not your Mexican.
3: (laughs) Well, that deals with a whole new, different kind of racism. Um, Uh, Yes. Like, I love Yaz in general. And going from anger into confusion about where she fits in within this whole race issue that was a crazy yeah.
2: moment when she was on that bus and had to literally look at yeah yes
3: yeah like that's you know that was so odd for me because i you know growing up you again you only you know considered how it, history treated the bus as you know white and then african-american but there were obviously other people living in America.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
3: No one teaches you this in class. Just like, where do the other people go if they're not Caucasian? Right. Somewhere other than the South. That's (laughs) a good guess. That's
0: right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
2: well yeah and we can into the whole history of America but whether it's the Chinese out west or mm-hmm. Eastern Europeans up north or you know all Native that,
3: Americans yeah. And, yeah. and the most and touching so, part yeah. well it, the whole episode was touching one of the most but that moment behind the bins with Ryan and Yaz where Yaz is talking about how she was called a slur while she was doing her job like I was like oh yeah this is still going on. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a slur that
0: while I was in England I heard children use fairly regularly.
2: So yeah, I mean cuz and to me that's another part, you know, what is the British experience currently, you know, what mm. you know cuz I'm I'm very aware of the American uh, ones, uh which are which are myriad, of course. Um but yeah, so was, I mean again I'm always interested in, you know, cuz this is obviously a British show for a British audience. Obviously it's a worldwide, but primarily it's for a mm-hmm. British audience, um, and so I'm, I'm wondering sort of what the message they get from all this. Yeah. And, then- yeah,
0: and I think that was the nice thing about having Yaz to tie it into, I mean, obviously, Ryan's going through the British experience, but Yaz's is almost exclusively British mm-hmm. because the Ameri- the white Americans don't even know what mm-hmm. she is, <laughs> and and the, the, the flur is something that like I say, is is still very widely used. And um, and that part of the, the people from that part of the world who are currently in England, particularly, again, with people like Nigel Far- Farage and, you know, the Britain first mm-hmm. groups are experiencing yucky, yucky yeah. things.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, just to go uh, outside of the uh, racism discussion, I thought this was certainly, not that she did it 100%, but this was sort of Yaz's chance to be a PC here. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yes, she does get to make her murder wall and things, a <laughs> murder board.
2: Yes, so again, we're. I think we're still on the. Yes, yeah, hasn't had her own episode yet, but we know it's coming. So, I, I, not the. I wouldn't say the. I to say the biggest part, and that's not true because it's Ryan is the biggest part, other than Rosa, of course. Um, but Graham continues to fascinate me, darling. Bradley Walsh, I have to say, is bringing it.
0: He is. He is bringing uh, it yeah, the series. no, I am. Not I, to stand
2: up for the white guy as the white guy here. <laughs> but, but I mean, um, because in my notes, I have Graham, and in parentheses, I have Grace. Because I think, you know, Ryan does it too, like you said, Casey. But I think Graham is carrying Grace a lot with him. And so mm-hmm. we sort of get both characters uh, yes. in this episode. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting to see Graham react. I mean, again, <laughs> it's interesting to see the white guy react. You know, but, I, I mean, it's interesting to see him react, you know, and then having to play the part. Because he has to play the, I'm part of this culture that...
0: Yeah, and you know, I think I think that's the perspective that Graham gives us.
2: Obviously, he doesn't have the highest burden. <laughs> the black yeah, people yeah. have the highest <laughs> burden. I'm, I'm not trying to... But, but, I, but th- anyway.
0: I think he gives <laughs> us the perspective of a middle-aged white man mm-hmm. who is so opposite to these views. And, and so he's standing in a sea of middle-aged white men and It has to
2: fit in quote unquote
0: yeah it's just an it was an interesting perspective you're absolutely right it's not you know it is not the perspective by any stretch of the imagination but the way they handled it I thought was really well done
2: and his continuing familial you know that he always entered this is my grandson this is my grandson mm-hmm. you know whether it's for familial effect I think um you know when the he first, When they first encounter the, the whiteness, of the segregation you know, with the Ryan hit, you know, this is my grandson, where do you all come from? And then the second time, for at least comedic effect, when he's with the bus driver at the fishing hole, yeah. oh, this is my grandson. How you doing, Joe? Yo? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what up, blood? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But again, but Graham bringing Grace's experience—that you know, Grace knew who Rosa Parks was, and and that she called him, asked if he was a James Blake when they first met, and had the spirit of Rosa Parks T-shirt, which I'm still surprised I don't see all over Twitter that that hasn't become a thing yet. But yeah, you know, but I don't know, Casey, what would you sort of think of Graham slash Grace?
3: I I really liked Graham in this episode, and I've been liking Graham for the most part a lot, and. I know this yeah. is weird coming from a woman saying that she likes an old white man character.
1: <laughs>
3: but I think what I really like about this episode is that it he really doubles down on calling Ryan his grandson. I was actually watching the episode, like, kind of reminded that Ryan is still uncomfortable with this relationship. And I'm like, why? Why? Why is this? And... <laughs> He's a good guy. (laughs) And it wasn't until, uh, like, just before we started recording, like, I was thinking about it some more. And I remember what something Ryan said in the first episode was that uh, Grace's son is actually Ryan's dad. Um, Mm -hmm. And after his mom died, Grace was the closest thing he had to a mom. And I'm like, oh, this is the closest thing he's ever had to a paternal figure. That yeah, thing he has daddy yeah. issues. <laughs> yeah, he has daddy, he has daddy, daddy issues, issues. Yeah. and there's this guy who was married to his nan for three years, and he's calling him his grandson, and he's like, "No, you're not my granddad. First of all, you're white,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you're not my you're real not my dad." Real granddad. <laughs> Yeah, and slam door. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And I guess we, I mean, we've talked generally about her, but I mean, you know, obviously, a great uh, guest appearance as Rosa Parks. Mm. And so, I don't know what's what. What is her to say about Rosa Parks drawing? Obviously, <laughs> the character, we, the real person. I'm sure we could talk about forever. But
0: yes, well, first of all, I think it's important to know that this is not the actress's first, first... Uh,
2: Chibnall Doctor Who go around. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, she was in, what is it? 42? 42. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Which was Chris Chibnall's but first...
2: Inaugural Doctor Who episode. Yes. So,
0: so uh, she dies early. Sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's always nice to see an actor survive an episode.
2: I think the lesson here is work for Chris <coughs> Chibnall, you'll work for life.
0: There you go. <laughs> I got a job, you yeah. got a job. Um, yeah. No, I thought, I thought she played it very well, very subtle. Mm-hmm. uh which i thought was needed and and probably reflects very much on um at least what we know historically about Rosa Parks you know she she wasn't a dr king she wasn't a stand in the middle of the limelight kind of woman she spent her entire life working towards civil rights and this is the only thing that most people know her from.
2: Yeah, and I think I and I'm about to get in dangerous territory, so ladies watch out for me here. Um <laughs> she plays a positive well, I suppose it could be it's a negative too, stereotype of women in history. They are the doers. She's the doer. She she is the one who did the work and she wasn't the one that was standing on a pedestal in front of a camera, in front of a microphone. She was the doer, um, you know. And so, I mean, in this episode, you can see her, uh, you know. And again, the episode doesn't show the whole picture, but that's fine. What it does show, um, you know, of the one who was having to, to face the the bus driver and the people on the bus and, and everything else that this would cause, and and also being a seamstress and also being, you know, uh, you know, playing the sort of traditional role of of a. Uh, a wife during that time, and mm. and then doing all the things she had to do, and then throughout her life, she was always just the doer, the the researcher, the secretary, the organizer, the whatever, not the spotlight, not mm, the whatever, and the so, worker bee, yeah. Uh,
0: which I think is, uh, and and Casey, by all means, feel free to to jump in with your own uh, female perspective. But uh, I sort of feel like that's has traditionally been in a lot. It, For the majority of women, that has been the worker bee, uh, which I think is why men are a little confused by the fact that women are stepping out at this point and and not just being satisfied with that sort of thing. We'll never be satisfied. We'll never be satisfied. Satisfied.
3: Rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Now we're all off topic. It's okay. It's about American history. It's the same thing. (laughs) i'm I'm waiting for
2: lynn lynn let's do the rosa musical what do you say
0: oh yeah rosa needs a musical
2: i mean i was i mean this is of course i mean for those interested um and i'm sure the, the rosa parks wikipedia website went crazy after this episode and probably still is but like she you know lived a life after this and and um sometimes happy sometimes sad but you know she kept on trucking this wasn't the only thing she did no. um and so i think there's a, obviously and and again the the uh, cartoon picture of the nice old lady and like uh she's you know new malcolm x was with the black band you know was, there's lots of stuff that she did and so um up in detroit and all that stuff but anyway um but just what do you think sort of, of the the character um and maybe even the historical figure rosa parks casey
3: i what i actually uh, grasped <clears throat> onto immediately was the actress's portrayal um I'll ne- I mm-hmm. can never remember her name. You know, I'm an improv performer, and usually the, you know, when you're in an improv scene, everyone's, like, really tempted to be loud and are c- and cartoony. And the people that always stand out are the people who are able to stand still and take a breath and allow themselves to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt this actress was doing. And that served as such a nice, dignified, very real contrast to, you know, Jodie Whittaker's, you know, fantastic energy, Ryan's anger, you know, Yaz's has this want to get things done. So yeah. Vanette was brilliant. And if she lived in America, or if the Americans could recognize Doctor Who, I want her to win an Emmy Award for guest actress.
2: Oh, Beth. <laughs> Beth oh, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah, and, and you're right.
0: She was she was quiet. She was understated, but steely. Just yeah, every everything you want in a in a guest actress. I yeah,
3: think. she's or a guest. Mm-hmm. Actress, she stood up for, for she stood up for Ryan and kind of protected him. And then she was like, "Are you dumb?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she sasses him and was just like, "I'm sorry, I'm Mrs. Parks. Let's have a ma'am at the <laughs> end of that <laughs> statement." And he's just like, "Yes, ma'am," uh-huh. <laughs> which I find particularly funny
0: because that's not a one British. of the. Thi- yeah, yeah, one of the things I had to learn as a teacher, because my response to students is, "I think you meant yes, ma'am," <laughs> and that's so not a British mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the British students would respond with "Yes, Miss" mm-hmm. instead. Ma'am is usually just reserved for the Queen <laughs> or very very important. There, there's just not a lot of maams. <laughs> So yeah, I, it made me laugh a little bit. Well, I, did, I was like, no, I understand, Ryan. I did like, <laughs>
2: I, and, and I thought the translation moments in this episode were f- real and funny um, because, like, especially like when Ryan's talking to, I think Dr. King, and he's like, my nan, grand, grandma, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So
0: well, and of course, and the fact that everybody thinks Yaz is Mexico, yeah.
3: yeah. Oh so sad. Oh goodness. I know I, know. I just wanted to hug I just, her. <laughs>
0: yeah. But at the same time I think it's incredibly realistic even today. I mean when we talk about um the Latinos who are here and you know they are traditionally all called Mexicans by people who don't always know better Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) or choose to educate themselves further.
2: Well, it's also, and I'm bad about it, but it's also like Africa is not a country, you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so I I really don't have anything to say about the doctor. So um, if you want to address it, we go to final thoughts here. I mean, great stuff, but. I thought, you know, it was definitely other people's episode. I,
0: I loved though, and um, I don't think I thought about it until I saw somebody talking about it on Twitter. But the moment, their whole purpose was to to keep things exactly the way they were. Mm-hmm. Their whole purpose was not to make something happen, right. but to keep something that was already not going happen- to already happen no. mm-hmm. happening. And um, the moment where they're talking, the the bus driver's talking to Rosa Parks and we get Rosa Parks actually in the background and the doctor in the forefront looking down and sort of this steely determination of I'm not going to interfere, I'm not going to interfere, I'm not going to interfere, which is so the antithesis of what the doctor would ordinarily do Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was a really nice moment cinematically.
2: Cool, and I'm gonna that the, that sort of not the last scene, but sort of the last bus scene. I want to talk about in a second here, but let's just because I guess we should talk about the villain, Crasco. I don't know, I you know what what whatever, right? But anyway, <laughs> I mean, uh, Casey, you have anything about Crasco? Uh, yeah, um, from
3: a writing standpoint, I can understand the desire or the feeling like you need to have a reason to mess things up in a story like this? (laughs) Rather than have the environment itself be the villain? Here's the thing. From a narrative point of view, he wasn't necessary. And... Uh, I was talking to Sue about this today because I actually had to text her and be like, how many times am I going to cry during this episode? And she responded, I didn't (laughs) cry. And I'm like, cool. I teared up about four or five times. But it's nothing. But I told her, I don't know if evil leather jacket guy had to be there and...
0: How would you have reframed it without some sort
3: of outside influence? You see, that's, that's the hard thing, especially within a sci-fi show that is trying to bring some of the lightness back. Like, that would be, if I could get in that writer's room and figure out their thought process, I think that would be, I think that would be interesting. Because I do want to know mm. where they were coming from with that. Um, but I, on it. well, and I'm also sort
0: of thinking maybe they're introducing him.
2: Yeah. That's my, I don't know. I shouldn't say fear, but I'll say it, that's my fear. Um, in other words, like all the, well, this is me saying it. You all can disagree. All the villains have been so kind of terrible this series. <laughs> I mean, like as far as interesting or depth wise, and it's fine because the store, well, the character, other things have been great. So it's kind of like, well, okay, they can't hit everything 10 out of 10. Um, and so at this one, he was so thin it's like, there's so little explanation, but there's enough detail where you're like, well, obviously he's going to show up again. Because, I mean, if this is it, yeah, I think then you are terrible read writers. Read <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, you t- told him he came from the prison. He has a vortex manipulator. And um, and and that's a n- and then he's, you know, Ryan dispatches him so easily. I was like, are you, did, really? That's it? I, I was like, well, then he's, you know, where'd he go? We're going to yeah. see him. Yeah. Um, but, but also, like, I know ahead, that they're
3: not going to do two-parters. I don't remember what they're going to do with arcs. And I know that they're not going to do any older monsters, like any of the older popular monsters. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to keep all of this in mind. But even when... Yes. Even, like, maybe I shouldn't reference an American TV show, but even when you're introducing Spike and Buffy... Oh. Oh. Mm. oh don't get me to do it. <laughs> um it's I'm an an- angel.
0: another time traveler. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well that's possible. Um so. in Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh
2: that's true. Yeah. Torchwood.
3: <laughs> but it's like that's an interesting, very distinct character. Um but this the villain in this uh who I just lovingly call evil leather jacket guy just because I, I know his name but he's just the cute greaser man who's ha- who happens to be evil. I'll
2: say grease rejects. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs>
2: um, yeah, and also with no
0: real basis. Like we don't get the explanation other than she screws things up. And
2: but, well, that's the thing. He's I don't know how to interpret because he's. I mean, is he human? That was never answered. I don't think that was ever answered. Like, what is he? Is he human? Is he not human? And then his. I'll say racism. His racism isn't explained. Is it literally I hate black mm-hmm. people? And that's because, you know, something like, oh, they're better. Or, but I don't know what they is. Is it humanity? Is it black? Is it? And again, you know, I look, I've watched enough movies and stuff in <laughs> sci-fi where the villains are honestly usually paper thin. So, again, it, we can live ahead. with it. I can live with it. But it's just one of those things where it's almost so thin you're like, why? Well, like you said, Casey, I had to be in the writers room going, what, you guys got a plan, right? Yeah. Or
0: yeah yeah if they don't bring him back, I'm going to be less impressed. yeah
2: I would, I mean, so far, I'm like villains not great the series, but there's so many other things um, but whatever but again, the actor
3: problems. is very cute and very good with what he's given.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: I don't, and I knew he looked familiar. You looked it up, and you you figured out.
3: why. Yes, he was
0: in Revenge. Revenge,
2: Ooh. and I was I didn't recognize him because he's a little older, and he seemed taller because he's a shorty in Revenge.
0: And is currently engaged to Emily Van Camp,
2: who was his love interest in Revenge. Oh, okay, so. anyway.
0: that's nice. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I there was a little part of me when he said that he was in the prison for murder, and I was like
2: river <laughs> where do you get the vortex manipulator yeah. from
3: that's what i thought for a second too uh, and then he was talking about oh the God. neurotransmitter that you know inhibits his want to kill and yeah. i'm like well and, get out of my house <laughs> yeah 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 that's not you
2: then um, one thing i did think and this sorry i will wrap up here soon but the use of violence because with a doctor you know i'm going to go there so you guys can stop me but the doctor being a woman right will we ever see her attack? You know, because here she was almost choked. Oh,
0: interesting. But
2: because, oh, he can't do it. You know, in other words, not that, like, the doctors are necessarily fisticuffs, but, the, you know, like you said, the, the 12th doctor threw a punch when he saw mm. racism. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and I'm not saying every doctor has to be same, But I'm just, as an example, you know, that there, there couldn't be violence here because he couldn't hit her, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and, he
0: couldn't kill yeah. her. Right. He could hit her. He just couldn't kill well, also, her, and that's what yeah. she knew. And, and so as he was choking her, she was like,
3: "Nah, you feel it in your head, don't you? You can't, you can't keep doing <laughs> yeah, and this.
0: The,
2: and but I was just wondering how that violence with the woman. Yeah, and, will,
3: and the female companions on. have been under threat of physical violence before as well.
2: Okay, so and we could go on, but I think we're going to wrap up. I This is my nitpick. And again, this is a great episode, a best episode of the series. There's only three, but I would say Rosa is obviously in the top. And, um, you know, I, I think this is probably going to be one among the, the most powerful.
0: Yeah, it's going to go powerful. down. Yeah, I mean, also. I don't want to say
2: it's the, the most, but I'll say one of the most powerful Doctor Who episodes, whether or new Who or classic. I mean, I'm going to say that. You don't have to. But nitpicks. And, again, you all can disagree. And, and the music. And, and I know people are like, oh, people are complaining about popular music. That's not my complaint at all. I'm all for popular music. Shoot, Lord could write the Doctor Who theme. I don't care. You know, what it is is, uh, I mean, in my opinion, Music, sometimes or oftentimes, should just be the sort of like add the ambiance. Whereas this one, like literally, when Rosa Parks would appear on screen, it would be like, and I'm like, okay, I you don't you don't have to American <laughs> was hero that, was her. That
0: the Superman <laughs> thing you were like, just singing?
2: I mean, and I and again, maybe it's a British like I don't need to be told she's an American hero every time she appears on screen like, because again, what she's doing. In other words, if you use the music, you're saying, like, I have to tell you she's doing something. horrible. like, no, you don't. I can see it with my own eyes. And then the music at the end, and again, I know this is just my opinion. People will disagree. The whole, uh, the, the big song, think how much powerful that would be if that was silent or, you know, quiet. And again, because I think the music is sort of like, oh, she's doing something great. It's awesome. We won. I'm like, I think the point of the episode is that, of course, we didn't win. Um, or you oh, know, we were,
0: haven't won yet. Yeah.
2: And again, maybe I'm I'm not seeing the point of view is that this is a moment that should be recognized, and I can see both mm-hmm. sides. But for me, I just thought the music was overused in this episode mm. to be like, "Awesome things are happening," and I'm like, "No, I know you don't have to."
0: I think I would them. agree with that. I feel like I I felt like in places it was very pointed, um, where I wanted it to be a little bit more subtle,
3: subtle. yeah,
2: yeah, so y Am I am I crazy, Casey, or would you? You know think
3: what's about funny is that. Uh, I think I have those same nitpicks, um, and the nitpicks that you just shared are also the nitpicks I have for another Power Powerful episode, which you referenced earlier in our conversation, which was Vincent and the Doctor.
2: Oh, oh no, it's perfect. You can't criticize her.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There was the pop song at the end. There was the monster that was just like, this isn't necessary, but okay. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: oh, Vincent's crazy because of monster.
3: Got it.
0: Not because of deep-rooted issues <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, yeah, of mental health. Mm. But surprise, Damn. it was
3: his mental health. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, it wasn't just the monster.
2: Okay, so I wasn't going to bring this up, but you did. So this is Vincent level. <laughs> I mean, I still think Vincent's better. That's my opinion. But Look so you don't what have you've done,
0: Casey. But,
2: but I think, of course, with Vincent, it's the loss And winning, you know, this good moments, bad moments. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think worse is different. It's a different story. Obviously, you can't just apple and orange. But this whole great moment. But then, (laughs) and again, this is me. The end was like... Oh, let's watch President Clinton. I'm like, what, are we doing film strips here in the TARDIS now? We're we putting up YouTube clips? I'm yes, like, I would a, little agree much, with that. a little much. A little much. I mean, and and, I'm not, and this is not what the doctor said, but it's sort of like, and it turned out well. Yeah. I'm like, no, it didn't. It well, really didn't. and the,
0: I, I felt like the film strip with. Um, Rosa Parks receiving the what medal? of Freedom. Medal I'm probably saying wrong something. Like that, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like in five seconds we're going to get the more you know mm-hmm. splashed across the. You know, mm-hmm. it it felt more like a pedantic kind of thing at yeah. that point.
2: Because I mean, and and I'm and not look, she did many things, but like the story is, I mean, she really she she had a terrible parts or terrible time, terrible time with money. I mean, she was very sick, and you know, it had to be you know. And of course, that's not the story you want to tell. You want to be like, oh. mm-hmm. I mean, th- both stories are true. She did win the Medal of Freedom. She she uh, had, trouble. but anyway,
0: and does have an asteroid yeah. named after it her. does,
2: yeah. And so, but, but again, lar- those those are nitpicks. You know, of the cake that was Rosa Parks, I have problem with the sprinkles on the frosting. So it, I can live with. You know, it's, yeah. it'll go on. So anyway, but I've talked a lot, so I'm not even going to give my final thoughts. So Casey, <laughs> I'm going to save you for last because you're the guest. So just go to your final thoughts on Rosa.
0: I. I I thought it was wonderful. I continue to love the Doctor. Um, I thought this was handled well. I hope they continue to get Mallory Blackman to write for them, because I love her, too. The
2: end. And, Casey, you get the last word as a guest. Rosa and the Doctor.
3: I think uh, like we're only a few episodes in, but this is Mm
2: -hmm.
3: obviously the best out of the three so far. And I Mm -hmm. think it is...
2: I think Iraq. We don't think spiders are going to be better than Rosa? Okay, here's is the thing.
3: I I <laughs> am terrified of spiders. I am not excited oh, for next no. week.
2: Oh, oh, but you're all right with racism? Is that what it is, Casey?
3: <laughs> no, I I think that this is definitely setting a standard for episodes to come. So it's going mm. to be interesting to see where they go. Uh, I am hoping for more well-rounded villains in the future if we have to have them <laughs>
1: um
3: but like if here's the thing if you take out uh that little villain if you take out cute greaser man then uh this is the villains are just like the races who thinks this is normal and they should kick rosa off the bus Th- those are the bad guys mm-hmm. um so it be it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here and what are their issues they're going to tackle should they choose to tackle them.
2: Mhm. Yeah, course, I don't well, I don't know I wouldn't say anything. Sorry. The I mean to me and this is hard to show, I mean I would love to tackle it as a writer and playwright. To me the villains are the ones who do nothing. Um but that's, you know, Read a letter from Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King.
1: Oh,
3: it's all. Uh, actually, that's a, that's a, sorry, I know we have to wrap up, but that's the, you know, most horrifying part of that episode is that our heroes can't do anything.
2: Oh, oh I'm sorry. I said oh, I was going to talk about that. But yes, the, the bus moment where, go ahead and go, please, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Go ahead. Casey.
3: So basically, they're trying to get everybody on the bus, like get all, get everybody on the bus so that the white so that the evil white people can kick Rosa off the bus and then they're and then it's the doctor who realizes we have to stay we have to just let this happen it has to be us yeah and that is the saddest most horrifying yet in the context of that point alone they're allowing Rosa to you know fulfill her destiny by doing the most horrible thing possible Mm -hmm. Which is nothing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: Which yeah. is not general justification for doing correct. Nothing. Let's make that very if clear. If you see something, say <laughs> something. Unless you have future knowledge. If you knowledge. see something, say something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> None of this, oh, I was letting them live their destiny crap. <laughs> unless you know in advance. If there yeah. is an evil
3: greaser man trying to change the course of history, and you know it... <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Otherwise.
2: Yes.
3: Then it's okay.
0: Otherwise. Hashtag yeah. resist. <laughs> yes. right. Hashtag yes. vote.
2: <laughs> so, exactly. Yes. Exactly. So, Casey, if people want to talk to you more about Rosa and not talk to you about spiders, where can they find you on the internet? Uh,
3: you can usually find me on Twitter at that Casey Ryan. That is T H A T K C R Y A N. And you'll usually read me, you know, talking nonsense about Doctor Who theater. And some old school, you know, kids movie and nostalgia things.
2: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Casey, for a certainly a powerful episode. When you close your eyes. I go to the library. Go to the library now. All right. We're going into the TARDIS library for oof, a, a drastic oof, uh, oof, change in topic. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yes, very drastic.
2: <laughs> so, we're sort of the uh, dessert palate cleanser after such a heavy meal.
0: Yes, a little sh- <sighs> sorbet.
2: That's right. We're going to kind of, I suppose, a unintended sequel to an earlier TARDIS Library entry, and that's we're going to be talking A Big Finish Adventure. This time, we're going to be talking Class... Volume 2. That's right. Released August of 2018. Uh, this contained three different stories. Uh, one was... Everybody Loves Reagan, Now You Know, and In Remembrance. So for Everybody Loves Reagan, the synopsis there is When Reagan Harper joins Coal Hill Academy, everybody instantly loves her. Everybody except for April. Is there really more to Reagan than meets the eye, or are there other forces at work in Coal Hill? And then for Now You Know...
0: Following a series of freak attacks on staff and pupils... Tanya and Mateus find themselves investigating a mystery that dates back to the 1960s. Together, they hope to solve it, even if that means turning on one another to do so.
2: And lastly, sort of the big story, in remembrance. When an alarm is triggered at Coal Hill Academy, Quill and Charlie encounter a mysterious intruder prowling around school premises. Worse, they also encounter a Dalek. Their only hope of survival lies with a stranger. A woman who calls herself Ace. So So yeah, starting our dive back into class. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um for the most part, I thought it was nice to go back. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm always a little so well, and we make jokes about it. I'm always a little sad that they only have about two or th- maybe <laughs> three of the um Character characters in, in one episode. Um, And we do always wonder, especially the episode with Tanya and Mateus. Mateus... You know, where is everybody? Well, even with the first one, the Reagan one as well, you know, where is everybody? Yeah. You know, are they just out of sight? <laughs> are they just off screen? like, of poor thing?
2: Mateus, you know, he's, Charlie's not picking up his cause, bad boyfriend. I
0: oh, you know, no. you know and, sucks.
2: And they're all like, yeah, well, we, we should Which do this. Which is really
0: fire. frustrating because they spend the entire first episode oh. off together <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> and then in the second episode. Yes. Charlie's nowhere to be seen. Exactly.
2: So um, I guess we'll go in order. So everybody loves Reagan. Um, it was it was good. I mean, i would probably whatever. So, what did you think of that one?
0: I quite liked this one. Mm-hmm. Um, in in my ranking, um, this comes right in the middle for me. Because mm-hmm. um, I I I always like the idea that one person. It, it reminds me a lot of some of the. Um, Groundhog Day show episodes of things that we see where one person realizes that things aren't the way they're supposed to be and everybody else is like, nope, this is normal. Mm -hmm. Nope, we've done this a dozen times, you know. Um, And so Reagan is manipulating people's memories. And so as we get further on in, um, the boyfriend... Ramp. Ram. I wanted to say Ran or Rand and I knew neither of those was right. Uh Ram's like, What do you mean? I went to prom with Reagan, you know, and Tanya's like, We were we were friends in, in nursery school, you know, and the and April's the only one who's sort of shouting in the abyss that no, this isn't correct, this isn't correct. So I I find those types of stories very interesting.
2: I have to say, the more I encounter him, the more I'm like does Ram have any redeeming qualities? I mean, he's just a terrible. And I'm not nothing against the actor. I mean, the actor's doing what he's doing, but like Ram is just a terrible person, really. I don't. He's just a dreadful football player.
1: I
0: yeah, I mean, oh, no, yeah. he's a
2: good football player. Well, actually, he's not that good because of the leg. Yeah, but anyway. But he, he's just, he
0: used to be a yeah. good football player. But
2: he's just a selfish. I mean, typical boy, I guess. But yeah, you just well, and
0: typical, <laughs> possibly typical, popular boy, especially yeah. a little bit self absorbed mm-hmm. and. Teenagery and
2: I just don't see what angst sees in
0: ridden, them. always the bad boy. No, yeah. that's absolutely what she sees. Is she's the good girl? So mm-hmm. of course there's an attraction there.
2: But he's not doing anything bad. He's just a jerk.
0: Yeah, that's about all you need. Oh, okay. Sometimes, I, I mean, when you're seventeen, that that does it. Okay, that can be it sometimes. Oh yeah. How about the second one?
2: Second one. So now you know. Um, I have to remind myself here. Uh, with the boy and the bullying. This is a bullying episode. This is a very special episode. Um,
0: <laughs> the more you know. Well, no, no, no.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little simpler, I think, than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, not as complex because it is just sort of uh, uh, bullies are basically disappearing in various forms. And it turns out it's a ghost kid who was bullied from the 60s. And they have to talk to him about, you know, not doing that.
0: Don't be a bully yourself. Yes. And in order to do that, they have to bully each other. Which
2: they're <laughs> very bad at.
0: Which they're very bad at. Yeah, this this was bottom of my list. Yeah. Um, although, one of the things that I really like about these um, audio stories is one of the things I nitpicked about the series itself. Um, when we were watching Class as a series... The alien. There weren't really any redeemable aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the aliens were dreadful. And
2: to be sure, both Reagan and Ghost Kid are
0: redeemable. Yeah, I mean, misunderstood. Reagan or, doesn't
2: mean to. I mean, she does, but she doesn't mean to. Yes,
0: do it. yeah, they they have redeemable qualities, yeah. and I like the fact that that is coming more into play because I think we see that more in. Doctor Who and didn't see it as much in class.
2: And I am surprised that all these episodes, all three of them, which the other one didn't, uh, the volume one, all three do take place in the school. Which you'd think like, oh, hmm. get out of there. No, I mean, because it's called class for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And I thought it all makes sense and all does well. And
0: absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right. The last one, my favorite. In
2: Remembrance, of course, a callback to Remembrance of the Daleks because of Ace. This story... Goes back to the Remembrance of the Daleks episode. Uh, with some time traveling, of course, why not? And, uh, yeah, Charlie and Quill. Quill's, Quill is 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 often good. I will say there were parts of this episode that were repetitive and annoying. So, like, basically when Quill and Ace, or Dorothy, um, were sniping at each other. That lasted about two minutes too long, um, yeah, it in Yeah, it
0: got a little repetitive, and then it got a little bit soul searchy yeah. and then didn't come to any sort of like quill didn't change exactly
2: i think as like sort of like an improv partner quill was not yes handing <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely and and that's absolutely fine but then that whole concept of you know oh well have you ever thought about maybe you're bitter because yeah. your mother didn't love you enough mm-hmm. or whatever And she's, you know, Ace is trying to find redemption in Quill and Quill is absolutely having none of it. And then a minute later, Ace is trying to find some redemption in Quill and Quill is having absolutely none of it. (laughs) And then a minute later. And so it does. Yeah. uh, Ace should have just given up and thrown a nitrogen bomb at her or whatever (laughs) it is that she's got in her
2: bag. Because I thought it was. I mean, because Ace and not. I mean, I'm not you know, not that you've seen a lot of her, but that's typically. She, I mean, you've seen enough, a little bit. You know, you saw cheetah people, where she befriended the cheetah person, mm-hmm. and then even when she first met Mel, her and her now, um, and then in remembrance, her and the guy. And, you know, oh yeah. She tends to friend people very yeah. easily, and that's sort of her thing. So she was trying to, friend, but it's not working with Quill, and in, and I get that Quill's not going to necessarily open up, but a. She can open up in her own way. I mean, she did talk about, like, oh, I've seen all my people die, so Don't talk to me about war stories, you know. And that's fine. That's valid. But it would have been lear- nice to learn more about her. Yes. Because that was a yeah. question from the TV series. What this whole resistance about and wh- why are the, her people oppressed? Or, you know, get some details for bloody sake. Yeah. Talk.
0: Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what it was missing it was just a little bit more of a crack. We do find out that Quill was the great hope of her people. hmm um, but that's it. We don't understand what the hope was, what the plan, what none of those, none of those things. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Charlie's hanging out with Ace in nineteen sixteen.
2: And random unit soldier. I don't know if he was a unit soldier, but that's my head cannon. He was just random unit soldier.
0: Oh, I thought he was a caretaker. <laughs>
2: oh, maybe that was it. But
0: that's just because there was a caretaker in the episode before that. Right.
2: We can't all be caretakers, so. Charlie.
0: No, I suppose not.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I, th- I thought that was an interesting use, though. Uh, and again, and again, you know, nitpick. I'm like, I wasn't sure where in Remembers of the Dalek this was. Like, where is the Doctor? You know, it's one of those, he's just outside
0: of the picture. Yeah, yeah. He's over, he's over there.
2: Because <laughs> one of those things, you know, Charlie finds uh, a police box, and we're joking to ourselves, because we'd watched something recently. I can't remember what it was. Doctor Who. Mm. no Sarah Jane that's what it was we watched Sarah Jane and they found the police box and it was a police box it was an
0: actual police <laughs> yeah. box yeah and
2: so when Charlie finds a police box we're joking like oh it's probably just an actual police box this is 1963 but it could have actually been the TARDIS but
0: we don't know because nobody answered the door
2: exactly so I was like I don't know where Sylvester McCoy was in this episode um, but anyway young Ace was there and so she helps out but whatever sometimes
0: one of the things I do really like about these as well is the uh, after each episode they interview the people mm-hmm um, and I find that quite interesting. Not just the regular actors, but the guest stars, um, whoever they may be. I always enjoy hearing the actor who portrays Mateos and his American accent. <laughs> that, that makes me giggle.
2: Yeah, and I thought this was a cute, you know, because... Not that we're totally into it, but, you know, Big Finish is sort of its own extended universe, to use a Star Wars term. Um, but, you know, it's the bigger Doctor Who universe story, and... Even based on, and I know Doctor Who's different from, like, Star Trek or something, but, like, Doctor Who TV canon, when Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane, without saying Ace, mentions there's a companion that has a charitable Earth and Dorothy and blah, blah, blah. Oh, right. right. And that's oh, not remember it's, that. And, so they, and
0: that they do refer to it in this episode. And they pick that up,
2: but also um, they talk about Ace going to the Gallifrey Academy, which, not that I've heard personally, but I know that's big finish canon, for lack of a better term, mm. you know, with Ace's journey continuing and big finish production. And so they still wrap it all together here. And so, you know, with Ace talking about So I, I do like the sort of classic who intermixing with uh, class. This was sort of our first time doing yep.
0: that. Yep, absolutely. And as you say, you know, those sorts of intertwining moments are almost like Easter eggs for super fans mm-hmm. without, like, I didn't. I didn't remember that about Sarah Jane um, and I didn't know that that was part of the canon for Big Finish and it didn't change the story for me at all Mm -hmm. Um, but you got a little bit extra which doesn't seem fair to me but whatever (laughs) Um, so yeah I think overall they're well done I hope they'll do some more I don't know if they will or not but I hope so
2: so if uh, listeners have any Big Finish recommendations for us you can tweet us I'm either at join nerd party on Twitter with just hashtag time and space, or we'll figure it out. Or you can tweet us individually. I'm at NC Public Servant.
0: And I'm at One Phoenix Theater.
2: And so, as far as next week, whether KC likes it or not, we'll be talking arachnids in the UK.
0: Oogie.
2: Yeah. Starring Mr. Big.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I forgot about that. That's exciting.
2: Yes. So, until next week, enjoy watching, listening, and reading, and thinking about the Doctor's adventures throughout time and space. This is
1: BBC Television.